On today's Question of Faith, how do Catholics celebrate Father's Day? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I'm the Young Adult Ministry Director in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferenc, the Vicar for Evangelization. I'm Brian Heskamp, Associate General Counsel for the Diocese of Cleveland. Ooh, what does that mean? What, gosh, what does that mean? It means uh, I'm a lawyer and I work for the diocese. Mm. Um, general counsel is, uh, is is a title meaning that we practice general law. So we, okay. uh, we do a little bit of everything. Um, so uh, I'm not just an employment attorney or just a contract attorney or just a real estate attorney or just a school law attorney. We we do it all in the legal office here. So And all, all of us are generalists and <laughs> That's, that can that can be great and that can be challenging, as you might imagine, but we love what we do. It's, it's, it's a great job. Yeah, and you do it well. And our floor, the Secretary for Parish Life, often sends things up. Send it up to legal. Send it up to legal, our contracts. Make sure it's legit. Keep the church, you know, uh, rolling down those tracks. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's great to have you here today. Thanks. Good to be here. And you're a dad as well. I am, so yes. Tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. Uh, so I, we have, my wife and I have been, Katie, have been married for... Uh, about a little over 20 years, mm-hmm. and we have seven children. Um, wow. Our oldest is 16, and we have all the way down to one-year-old. So we have uh, four boys and three girls. Um, i just give you the ages. we got a 16-year-old, a 15-year-old, 13, 11, and then we have a gap, and we've got a, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and, and the one-year-old. That's awesome. Now, you said yeah. a little over 20 years, because I'm 20 years a priest, a little over 20. When did you get, what's your marriage date? Uh, December 2002. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, that's me. 20, yeah. I'm, really? I'm April 2002. And I'm uh, May 2003. So all Gen Xers hanging out. You know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's good. So what, what, is, what does Father's Day mean for you and, and your family, and the Camp family? What, 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 what are you going to do? Well, uh, the, to state the obvious, it's on a Sunday, as it always is. So, mm-hmm. of course, we're going to start Father's Day probably with a good breakfast, and, and then we'll go to Mass uh, mm-hmm. where we can worship our Father in heaven. And, and, you know, I as a dad, I think about this is where I – this is the, the primary way where I get my inspiration then to, to be a father to my family mm-hmm. with, with a heart like our Father who is in heaven. So mm-hmm. we're going to worship – we're going to worship our Father first and foremost. Um, and then – uh, after that, we've done various things over the years, but I can say the last few years, we've spent Father's Day driving down actually to um, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, where some of our kids have attended. So the last three oh, years, cool. including mm-hmm. this year, we're, we'll, we'll be doing that, making the trek down there and, and then coming back home maybe for a barbecue or something like that. Some of our seminarians are working there this summer at, at a Catholic, Catholic, fam- no, Catholic Youth, Youth Summer, Summer Camp. camp yeah. Oh, we have some seminarians there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And what, what's been, like, one of your favorite memories of Father's Day, that you're, something your kids did for you or something your wife did for you or something along those lines? Um, you know, nothing specific is coming to mind, but I, I have to say the, the, the memories that I have that I'm appreciative of and are really where we can have kind of an intergenerational Father's Day, you know, where it's my dad mm-hmm. and me and my kids all, all together, <clears throat> or maybe if my brothers can make it, but they both are out of town, so... Don't often get to see them on Father's Day, but my dad is close enough that we can sometimes celebrate together, and having that kind of uh, intergenerational Father's Day is something that I uh, always appreciate and, and would look forward to. That's very cool. We, on our floor, in the Secretary for Parish Life, every Tuesday our whole staff gets together for lunch, 
And then we throw out a question. I throw out a question earlier on in the day, and that kind of gets the conversation going. And then we pray and we eat together. So the question of the day is, what's one thing that your father or a father figure shared with you, like one bit of advice that was just super helpful? So maybe something like, what, what about your own dad? Do you appreciate and try to emulate with your own, with your own kids? Anything about your own dad? Great question. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I can say that comes right to mind with, with my own dad um, that he really impressed upon us as kids growing up is the importance of honesty and integrity. Those are mm. the two virtues that were just really paramount for him. And he really tried to instill those in me. And in turn, I try to still instill them in my own children. So, uh, I mean, when I think of my own dad, I think of a man who has integrity and a man who's honest and hardworking and those are things that obviously I want my kids to sure. to have too. So, yeah. Yeah. what did your dad do for a living? He <clears throat> he was an engineer. Uh, worked for Lockheed Martin. Oh, yeah. Retired now, um, but he was actually he had kind of a cool job. He was he was in charge of developing the um, the flight simulator, like the pilot, the, oh, the yeah. training device for pilots oh, cool. for the Joint Strike Fighter was was the last thing that he was working on before he retired. And actually, I got to go in one time. And see it, and actually sit in sit in the simulator device. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I really. got to learn a lot about the the planes, and you know, obviously, he would get to test it out on a regular basis. But I uh, thought that that was he had he had a cool job. It was yeah, it's a good job. That's very cool. That's uh, that's so fun. Yeah, yeah. I just saw I just saw um, Top Gun Maverick finally over Memorial Day weekend when I was on vacation. I was with some Capuchin friends, and yeah, I. I don't know if that was simulators; those are real planes. That, but that was a pretty, that was a pretty sweet, sweet film. Yeah, it, was, so. it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. We, watched, we watched it too with some of my older kids. Yeah. Does your when your dad watches it, does he give you insights that you wouldn't find otherwise? Or you know, I haven't talked to him about Top Gun, mm. um, <laughs> but uh, the things he was able to share about the planes. I mean, it is it's pretty impressive the technology in these planes. No, no question about it. It's cool. Yeah. So, Father Damien, what what's Father's Day like for you as a priest? Well. As you know, as most of the listeners know, if you've been a regular listener, my dad died in 2016. So mm-hmm. he's a very dear man. He was a construction worker. He's a World War II vet. Um, so if I can, depending on where I have masses, I would visit his grave at Holy Cross Cemetery and pray there a little bit. Um, but it is weird because I am. People call me father, and I am a spiritual father. Um, I don't have biological children the way mm-hmm. that you do, but um, I I do see myself as a, as a spiritual father to the community. So I'm trying to think this weekend, I think I have 11 o'clock mass at St. Mary of the Falls. Mm. And then actually, this is great. It's a good question because I run this nerd camp in the oh, summer right. called Tole Lege. It's for rising seniors, boys and girls. We run it out of the seminary. They learn philosophy, theologies, um, liturgy and culture. And so for a whole week, I have a youth group. And then the same thing happens the following mm. week. So I feel like a lot of my work now is ad- administration right. mi- ministry. So I feel like that week is, I feel like a, a spiritual father again with young people. I feel like I have a youth group for a couple of weeks in the summer. So mm. that starts on uh, on Sunday evening and even the welcoming people into the yeah. seminary, you know, and right. helping carry their baggage yeah. and all that. High, high hospitality, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Your father's also deceased. So yes, he is. And so I'm tearing up already. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, and 
yeah, obviously I can't visit the the cemetery because he's in New York and I'm here in Cleveland, so there's so that's out. Yeah, but yeah, we usually take photo albums out and look at that. My wife's father's also deceased, the so same kind of thing. But like you, you know, every once in a while I get a text message on Father's Day from one of my from one of the students who I was a campus minister for, and they'll say Happy Father's Day, campus dad, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. And I was like, oh, look at that, isn't that yeah. sweet? You know, yeah. and the same thing. I work with young people. You know, I work with people in their twenties and thirties, and if my wife and I were fortunate enough to have children, they would probably be the age of these people mm-hmm. now. You know, and so they're, they're they're pretty special to us. So I think that you know we, we usually try to find some time to at least reflect on that and, mm-hmm. and say you know, you know how have we given life to people? How, how have mm-hmm. we been generative? You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, how have we been generative in our own way? Um, you know, in the way God's called us to be generative. You know, whereas we're all called to be generative, right? Yeah, you know. So it's fine, yeah. And, my, and you know, my dad was great. You know, like you, my dad was a was a school custodian. So he was a good union guy, kind of thing. And uh, and like you, Brian, I think uh, the values of honesty was really important to him. He was he was a guy who was always like, you know, just tell the truth, and nothing mm-hmm. bad will happen, even if it's bad. Just tell the truth. No baloney, son. No baloney. That's what my dad would say. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and you know it was funny when you were talking about going to work with your dad you know my dad was a school custodian one of the memories i have is he had to take me to work one day i don't know what was going on my mother was sick a lot when i was when i was little so it was probably that and it was the day that he had to bleed all the boilers so you know like they they, they bleed these things and you know, there's a little lever that they took out and this like ooze comes out of the boilers and then he has to you know mop it all up mm-hmm. and push it down the sewers and everything and i'm reading a comic book as i'm walking and i don't see this ooze all out on the floor <laughs> and down I went, you know, and my father's yelling at me, stop, don't walk any further. Mm. <laughs> and he's, like, picking me up, and he's hosing me off, and, like, my comic book is, like, full of all the zoos, and he's like, uh, yeah, we're going to throw this out now, sorry. <laughs> we, we, I don't think I ever returned to work after that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We live in a culture where often um, we don't hear the good news about fatherhood, and, and we yeah, ought to. Sure. I mean, our... Our God has revealed himself to us as Father uh, through his son, Jesus, who shows us his face. And I was I was given a talk um, Friday night at St. Basil. They had a big tent that they were having all weekend. So Father Ryan thought it would be good to have, you know, use the tent because they're paying for it, you know, a good pastor. Mm. And someone had asked me about my own dad and my and his fatherhood, and I was, I was relating it to God and God's love for us. And so what Pope Francis once said this. He said that God loves you. But he also likes you, mm, right. and and uh, and I I equated it to this. My dad would come to my baseball games all the time. He'd always show up, um, not because he felt like he'd be a bad dad if he didn't, because yeah. that would be showing up out of duty, right. which is still pretty good. Like I'm here because I need to be. But he really took great joy in watching me play. So he Man. loved me, but he also liked me. Man. And I think when our fathers do that for us. And then we can do that for other people. Like you, wow, you really like me. We're we're then able to show them what God's love looks like. And for Brian, you in particular, when you and your wife had your children baptized, when the prayer of blessing was prayed over you, so you pray the blessing over the the mother first, then the dad. You're told you and your wife will be the first and best of teachers in the ways of faith. So that's that's a pretty tall challenge. But do you see that playing out? Like, do you find? Do you find yourself learning more about God's love as you love your children, or does how does that how does that play out? Is that I, you look at me like wow, that's a lot all at once. I don't know yeah. if you could answer, but <laughs> yeah. do you have any thoughts on that? Like seeing um, how how God's love works now that you have your own children, like how like you you have seven children and your love isn't decreasing with these children, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a great point you make. And yes, I would say definitely I see connections with between my love for my children and how I relate to God the Father, and I understand that he loves me. And especially, I mean, I guess it could go both ways too. You know, I think of how God loves us, and I think, okay, this is how I need to love my own family, mm-hmm. and this is, this is the way to love. Uh, but at the same time, I see the examples of the little things that you do almost automatically as a parent <clears throat> for your children, and just it, it, it helps me to understand more how God loves us. You know, for example, you know, you have a, a one- or a two-year-old who's walking around the house, stumbles and falls or hurts themselves and cry. Like, you don't even think about it. You just go, you, you run to them, you pick them up, you mm-hmm. hug them, you kiss them, you, you want them to be okay. Um, and I think it's the same way it's the same way that God responds to us when we're in pain, when we're in need, when we have suffering. He's there. He wants mm-hmm. to be there. He wants to comfort us. So um, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, to your point about teaching, being, being the primary teacher of the faith, yes, that is a huge kind of scary, actually, responsibility to realize that I am responsible in some way for helping my kids to have everything they need to get to heaven. Um, yeah, that's a big responsibility. Um, but thankfully, I have a, an amazing wife who's there to help me with with that. And, you know, we're, we're on the same page and we do all kinds of things in our family to to try to teach our kids faith. Not just, of course, we go to Mass on Sunday. And we prioritize that, by the way. We, we definitely do not, in our family anyway, let other things encroach on Sunday Mass. It's number one. It's a priority nice. for us. Yes, our kids do sports, um, but no matter what else is going on, we are going to Mass on Sunday. And our kids know that, and they, they don't complain about it. They mm-hmm. just know it's, hey, this is Sunday. This, what is, we do. this is what we do. And so, they're, and so they come. Um, but we, you know, we do all the other little things that a lot of families probably do. We pray before meals. We you know, pray at bedtime. Um, recently we've, uh, and this by recently, I mean like yesterday, we, uh, we decided we we're going to do a spiritual works of mercy challenge in our family because we were on, we took a little vacation last week to South Bass Island. And there's this just amazing little beautiful church there called Mary mother of sorrows church. I think it's in the Toledo diocese. I'm actually, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but inside the church, there are the stained glass windows are the seven spiritual works of mm. mercy, which, which, I had not, and my wife had not. We, we both came out of the church thinking, "Man, we haven't, we haven't thought about the spiritual works of mercy in a long time." Like, I, I couldn't have even named them all. I don't think, at, you know. And so, admonish the ad, sinner, admonish the sinner, instruct the ignorant, mm-hmm. counsel the doubtful. You know, they're they're all there in yeah. these stained glass windows. We thought, man, these are good things. We need to do this as a family. So we're we're having a family challenge. Gave uh, all all of my kids and my wife and I printed them off as a little checklist and so we're going to try to do them all uh, very cool. check them all off and then we'll we'll celebrate in some way when we're done have a little you should, you should write a little article or book about that like carrie weber did with the corporal works of yeah. mercy that time from america magazine she did all the corporal works of mercy over the over lent one year and wrote a little book about it which was nice mount saint joseph nursing home in euclid has two big sets of stained glass windows. One is spiritual works of mercy. One is corporal works of mercy. And I remember during the year of mercy, Pope Francis called looking at those and preaching on those a little bit, but you're right. I, I don't have them all memorized the way that I would, with the corporal ones. Um, speaking of Eucharist and mass, I see you, uh, you're a daily mass goer. Aren't you kind of? Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Yes. yeah almost yeah. every day. So what, how does that affect your fatherhood? That's, I mean, well, you know, the, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our life as Catholics. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, for me, it's a chance to be nourished every day by the body and blood of Jesus so that I can, I can do what I need to do and, and as a father and be a better father with, with the heart of, of the father That's and cool. the heart of the Lord. So yeah, it's, for me, it's a daily source of inspiration. Um, if you're listening and thinking about it, do it. <laughs> it'll, it'll change your life. It's, I mean, I, I, ha- having been a daily mass goer, almost daily mass goer for a number of years now, I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. You know what? Let me tell this story. This is a somewhat embarrassing story, but it's a good and true story. My dad was a daily mass goer. And when I was ordained in 2003, it wasn't the way it is now with priests celebrating mass every day. Sometimes on vacation, as long as you prayed your breviary, that's what you made your promise to. You actually don't make a promise to pray mass every day as a priest. You do make a promise to pray the breviary every day. So we went on vacation Poland and Slovakia, mm. and uh, my dad's grandparents, my grandparents, my dad's parents are from Slovakia, so we visited their towns. And on, as we were coming home, or when we got home, I said, Dad, what did you think about that? He goes, oh, son, that was a great, that was a great vacation. It was so nice. Uh, is there anything you'd do differently? He goes, oh, I just was surprised that we didn't have Mass every day when my son's a priest. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, <laughs> my dad, my oh, poor gosh. dad. So from that time on, I've had Mass almost every, I mean, there's sometimes when I'm sick or if I'm traveling, but I would say 360 out of the 365, I have Mass every day because my dad, and he didn't, he didn't wave, wag his finger at me. He just said, I was surprised that my son's a priest and I didn't have Mass every day. And I was like, holy cow, Dad. So um, that was a great gift that he gave to me because it was true. He was He was a man of integrity and honesty, and he told me, what was true, and uh, that changed my priestly spirituality, and that was probably in 2005. So I was two years in at the time, and I'm grateful for it. But yeah, yeah, I and did not plan a, to share that story. And he was a daily mass guy. He, right? he was, which like, made it work. Mm. Yeah, like my son's. Yeah, so I go to mass every day, and yeah. now with my son who's a priest, and I'm not going to mass every right. day. What's going on here? And we had it a few. T- <laughs> we just didn't have it every day, and he was surprised by that, as he should have been. Um, but he was gentle in his way that he said that to me, so that I could hear it. And I didn't even think he thought. He needed, yeah, whatever. He was said, yeah, it was good. It was when good. I became an altar server, my father used to accompany me to Mass all the time. And um, we, we'd sort of post-game it after in the car all the time. We'd say, okay, did you see when the priest did that? And he goes, yeah, he goes, well, what did the priest do yesterday? And I was like, yeah, he did it a little differently. He goes, yeah, Mike. He goes, every priest has a different way. Even though the Mass is the same, there might be a little different. A priest might want to hold the book a certain way. He might want you to do this a, a little differently. He goes, so just always watch him. He goes, just watch him and be aware of what's going on. He goes, he made me a better, you know, a, a sort of a better student of liturgy because of it. You know, I started, like, thinking about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is this is a little different. All right, yeah, Father, jo- Father Joe's going to want the book this way. Mm-hmm. Father, you know, Father Joe does things this this way, and Monsignor Troy does things this way, and um, it uh, you know it, it always made me like now that I'm studying for the deacon. Whenever I'm in the sacristy, I always ask the priest. I said, "So, is there anything that you want that might be a little different than what what I might be used to?" And then they'll they'll say, "Well, yeah, yeah, but we do. How about this and this? And, you know, I'll do it this way." And so it, it helps me. You're in not the, saying do things that the church isn't prescribing. No, You're not at all. That there are options within the liturgy. Correct. Just for, yeah. so our f- listeners aren't freaking out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. But for instance, if a deacon says, "Is there anything I need to know?" Okay. When I say, "Let's acknowledge our sins," give them time to acknowledge your sins. Don't right. just go, "Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy." Like. Give people time to recollect. Right. Yeah. That kind I'll of nudge stuff. you. You know. <laughs> right. 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 Cool. That kind of thing. So, speaking yeah. of church, 
What parish? St. Rita's. St. Rita's. Tell us a little bit about your parish. That's in Solon, right? St. Rita's in Solon, yes. Uh, well, there's uh, a school associated with the parish that a number of my kids have gone through. Mm. Um, and uh, the parish is it's, it's, uh, active, vibrant parish, lots of different ministries. My wife is, and I have been involved over the years in the pre-Cana, uh, pre-cana ministry that the parish does, and that's been great for us and a great way to, to meet friends and We've, we've connected with a lot of people through our parish and just been really blessed. It's, it's, it's been good. And You're then, losing Father Matt Kortnick this weekend, right? Because yeah, he's, oh, he's right. just going down to <clears throat> Saints Cosmos and Damien, I think. He's starting down there. Yeah, we're going to miss him. Although, you know, I live in Twinsburg, and we certainly go to Cosmos and Damien once in a while, as do a number of, I think, families at St. Rita. So we'll still see him, which we're glad for. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll miss him. Uh, he's, he's, he's been a great blessing for us at St. Rita, and I'm sure he'll be a a blessing to the community of St. Cosmos and Damien. He was in my very first uh, ancient Greek philosophy class that I taught when I came back from Seaway. He was, he did one year, I think, uh, community college, and then he, he was in his first philosophy class. So I'd known Father Matt for since t- 2009, I think. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. That's cool. Father Tom Barrand is the pastor. Yes. He was ordained in 2000, and I was in seminary with him for six years. Next year, he'll be ordained 25 years, which mm. will be pretty cool. Wow. And he and, his, he and his five classmates. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have fish fries there in the uh, for Lent? Is that one of your things? Uh, fish what? fries is not something that they do during Lent, no. Do you do, you do a carnival? Is there any? Yeah, there's a parish annual parish festival in the okay. summer. Uh, I'm not sure when it is this year, but I'm, I'm sure it'll happen and... It'll be online and in the bulletin, and we'll be there. So We'll find yeah. out. We'll put in the show notes, too. Absolutely, yeah. And then our readings for this coming week, the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, here's a little bit of Matthew's Gospel. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned, like a sheep without a shepherd. I often think of my own dad with that, you know, is that, you know, if, if I ever felt lost, he was always someone I can kind of can come back to, and that was a good way that, like, he was reflective of God's love for us as well. Any thoughts on the readings this weekend, Brian? Yeah, I was reading these uh, to prepare for our, our podcast today, and just a, a ton of stuff actually jumped out at me as, as kind of relevant for Fathers and Father's Day. Just a couple things. I mean, from the first reading, we've got Moses, who is a father figure for the Israelites, sure. right? And so what does he do? He goes up the mountain to God. So why is he doing that? He's going up the mountain so that he can connect with the Lord so that he has something to bring back to his people who he's a father figure for. And so I just, as a father, think, wow, yes, that's a good, it's a good moment uh, to reflect for me. Do I, do I take the time to, to pray every day to, you know, metaphorically go up the mountain to God so that I can be a good father and a good leader for my own family? And the message that he brings back, I love it. It's, it's, it's a message of love. You know, you shall be my special possession, dearer Mm. to me than all other people, though all the earth is mine. So what's the most important thing to God? It's his children, it's his family. And so as a father, I just think, yeah, that's my heart is there and, and should be there because they're, they are my special, not, not that I possess them, you know, but they're special to me. They're dear to me and more dear than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that jumped out at me in, in reading one. That's yeah. cool. And then going up to the mountain, there's your daily mass and your, your prayer, how that plays into your own spirituality too, I think this, this is nice. Definitely. I like the... Um, yeah, the, the, his heart was moved with pity toward them, like the compassionate heart of the father, that he's attentive to the needs of his children. Um, I think that's great. And these are things like we're always striving to get better at. You know, you, you're not you're not there until you're there and seeing the face of God in heaven. But um, by the grace of God, hopefully we'll become better men, 
by being so active in our in our life of faith. So. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes our, our culture doesn't value fathers as much, even like in pop culture, right? Like you look at some of the fathers that you see on television in recent years, the fathers are always sort of adults, right? Adult, you know? Yeah, like yeah. A Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson, Ray or, Romano, yeah. and Everybody Loves Raymond, you know, there all those things. strong father figures on, in the culture, no. Yeah, but I think that, you know, that, that's the thing, too. The thing, too, is like you can insult someone's mother and it's the worst thing ever. But if you insult someone's father, people are kind of like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so with Father's Day coming up, maybe maybe we try to figure out a way that we can better honor our fathers uh, in our own lives. Yeah, um, treat them with a little bit more respect than maybe culture does. True. Yeah. Yes. So that is Brian Heskamp has been with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we'll have this and a whole lot more next time on Question of Faith. <laughs>